This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. the woman at the well I was seeking for things that could not satisfy and then I heard my Savior speaking draw from my well that never shall run dry fill my cup Lord I lift it up Lord come and quench this thirsting of my soul bread of heaven feed me till I want Fill my cup, fill it up and make me whole. There are millions in this world who are craving the pleasure earthly things afford. But none can match the precious treasure that I find in Jesus Christ my Lord. Fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up. Thirsting in my soul, bread of heaven, feed me 
So my brother, if the things this world gave you Leave hungers that won't pass away My blessed Lord will come and save you If you kneel to him and humbly pray Fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord Come and quench this thirsting of my soul Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more Fill my cup, fill it up and make me whole We are invited to the banquet. Let us clothe ourselves in love. Come and feast at God's table. We will honor God's gracious invitation. Welcome to Worship Good Neighbors. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ Parish Worship Service sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tagg, and thanks today to Jim Haugerud and Debbie Tagg, our musicians, Kathy Christensen, our reader and provider of the children's message, and our recording engineer is Isaac Christensen. You are able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning at WPCA Radio 93.1 FM and its live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuicparish.org. We want to thank WPCA Radio for this broadcast. Next Sunday at uh, 9.30, our worship will be at Trinity Lutheran, and would love to have you all come. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. You may want to have a worship area to lay down a cloth and have a candle or a cross, and you might enjoy making a small worship space to enhance other areas of your home worship experience. So you have a Bible or Bibles for the kids, and if you have some other worship materials for them. As we begin, it is our desire to honor God, to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love and presence and begin with the invocation. Dedicating this hour to the presence and purposes of God, we worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit, our breath of life. We confess our sins before God and one another. God of grace and mercy, we admit to you to ourselves and to this community that we have caused harm to others through our actions and through our failure to act. Give us the humility to accept our failings and make things right where we can. Forgive us and help us to forgive ourselves. 
I want to give you the absolution where we hear the words of forgiveness. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. In that love, God forgives you all your sin. For the sake of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll now continue with the gathering songs. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now. Yeah. 
Still my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old ragged cross And exchange it someday for a crown To the old rugged cross I will ever be true It's shame and reproach gladly bear Then you call me someday to my home far away Where his glory forever I'll share So I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday We are all invited to God's wedding banquet, no matter who we are or what we've done. Let us not take the invitation for granted. Let us arrive ready to honor our host. God's banquet is one of peace and justice. Let us not come to the banquet clothed in contempt, jealousy, or hatred. But let us arrive in our wedding finest, clothed in love, and compassion for all people. We'll continue with the prayer of the day. Lord of hosts, you fling the door wide and welcome into your reign all people, no matter what. Send us out to extend the invitation to all we meet that all might share in your eternal feast. Amen. I encourage you now to Share the sign of peace where you bless yourself or someone worshiping with you today. And beginning with a touch on the forehead and use the Trinity formula, be blessed or I am blessed in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. At this time, we'll turn to the Holy Scriptures. And if you have your Bible with you, I invite you to turn with us and follow along with the Scripture readings that Kathy is going to share. And then also we will be having communion later, so you may want to have wine or grape juice or bread uh, ready when it time, comes that time. Kathy. The first reading comes from Psalm, the 45th chapter, verses 6 and 7. Your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. Your royal scepter is a scepter of equality. Your love righteousness and hate, weakness, wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with oil of gladness beyond your companions. Here ends the first reading. The Holy Gospel comes from Matthew, the chapter 22, verses one through 14. Once more Jesus spoke to them in a parable saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. 
He sent his slaves to call those who he invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. He sent another slave saying, tell those who have been invited, look, I've prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready, come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. While the rest seized his, by the, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and then killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops destroy those murderers and burn their cities. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited are not worthy. Go therefore into the main street and invite anyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out to the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. It's time now to talk with the uh, young people of the parish. Hi, guys. Have you ever had a party? Maybe a birthday party, a Halloween party, a Christmas party? Who did you invite? Did you invite your relatives? Did you just invite friends? And anybody that you invited, they'd come to the party? I certainly hope so. Well, in the gospel that I just read, Jesus was telling a story about a king who was having a wedding banquet or a party for his son that was getting married. But the people who were invited didn't come. They said they were too busy and they made other excuses. They just wouldn't come. Well, that king was angry. So the king sent out his servants to invite anyone they could find to this wedding party. And pretty soon, the party was crowded with laughing and dancing people. Now, Jesus explained that being part of God's family is like the wedding party. Everyone is invited to come to God's party. And that is what Jesus wants us to do, to invite anyone into God's family, our church family. You know, it doesn't matter how old or young you are. It doesn't matter where you live, if you live close or far away. It doesn't matter what color of skin you are or if your hair is purple or green. It doesn't matter at all. Everyone is invited into God's party, God's family. We want everybody in this world to know that God loves us and will take care of all of us. So it's our job to make this happen. We have to invite people you know, even people you don't know, to come to your church, come to your Sunday school or jam, or come to any church activity. Make them feel welcome. Show them God's love and kindness and grace to all of them. And especially say, Welcome to God's family. Let us pray. Dear God, you always know what's in our hearts. Use us as an invitation for others 
to join your party. Thank you for loving us always. In your name, amen. And now may the words of my mouth and meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Well, I just kind of enjoyed hearing Kathy talk about the feast. Uh, that's the good part of this gospel text. The hard part is it gets to be where every time it seems to be a positive, it seems like, you know, he goes out and invites all these people, and then they actually... Uh, turn them down, but not only turn them down, but they uh, actually killed some of them, and uh, there was real anger there. And then he sends out more, wanting more people to come, and so it's filled, but then you have one person that comes and doesn't, and then he's thrown out and thrown out to where people uh, gnash their teeth and are in pain and agony. And the last line was... Uh, Many are called and few are chosen. 
made me kind of wonder how am I going to approach this? How, how, do, we, how do we deal with this? Uh, there are some things that hopefully will be helpful as we share this passage together again as I try to share some things. I think the first thing that I like is, is that the fact that there's a wedding feast, there's something to celebrate, and, and this king wanted people to come. It was going to be a great time. Just as I think God has a celebration in mind for us and wants us to be involved and sends out the invitation to all. But why wouldn't people come? Well, maybe something to help a little bit. There was a story a number of years ago where welfare workers in London found an 85-year-old hobo living in an abandoned sewer drain. Immediately, they determined that something should be done about this strange situation. Therefore, they arranged to move him from his wretched living quarters to a comfortable old folks home in Dudley. It appeared that they had found an ideal solution to the problem. But the old man refused to move. I am happier where I am, he drawled as he stretched himself out on his pile of dirty straw. So there he stayed until his dying day. This case seems really unbelievable. We cannot understand why a man would prefer the smut and smell of the sewer to sunshine and clean fresh air. But there are people just like that today. They prefer to revel in their sinful ways rather than to live in the light of God's love. They choose to continue each day down the slippery pathway of sin leading to utter destruction. Such manner of living is not necessary. No person is forced to live in sin nor to remain in the clutches of Satan's power. Because God's love is unconquerable, it is possible for us to put away a sinful past and begin a new life. Even if we have fallen into the deepest pit of sin, God is able to draw us out and cleanse us. God's patience with fallen people is infinite. It knows no breaking point. In the light of his love, there can be found hope and forgiveness for all who look to him. God is like the sun. The people of an ancient country had as their symbol of God the sun with three beams, one beam shone on a sheet of ice to thaw it, another threw its light on a granite rock to melt it. The third was shining on a dead man and putting life into him. So God shines on his people. On their cold hearts he shines to bring them the comfort of his love. On the hard hearts of people he shines to bring them repentance and his forgiveness. And on the hearts that appear to be dead in sin and smothered by the power of evil, he shines to bring them the light and hope of a new life. He lifts us up from the desolate pits of sin and sets our feet upon a rock, making our steps secure. That was from a devotional by Reuben K. Youngdahl. But still, why don't we want to come? Here we see somebody who just wanted to live and didn't want to change. But there are also people who didn't want to come because they maybe didn't like the king or they didn't like the one who was inviting. Why would I go there? 
And so they come up with excuses, and you know the excuses of marrying a wife, buying a cow, whatever it was that they came up with. We do that today. We have excuses as to why we don't want to come to the banquet. But the fact that some didn't like the host is because, remember, this host was one of love and of caring, but they didn't agree with that. If you look at the Old Testament, some of the invitations came from prophets. And what happened to most of the prophets? Killed or abused or jailed. Even against Moses, the great lawgiver, they rebelled against him time and time again and complained about his leadership. And of course, the final host that called them and welcomed them into this banquet was Jesus. And we crucified him. So it's not totally, un, totally not under, uh, unbelievable that we would have this difficulty of seeing why people don't come because they disagree with this idea of loving and caring and sacrificial giving and loving others. The other thing is we know that Jesus is going to judge us. We say it in the second article of our creed, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. And we don't like to be judged. But what you need to understand is the one who is judging us is the one who loves us. And yes, there is some accountability, or there is accountability, but grace covers it all if we just learn to receive it. I think the other thing is we want to do our own thing. And God wants us to grow. God wants to help us to change, to do things differently, to be more loving and caring and responsible in our actions. And sometimes that's painful. Sometimes we would rather live for the temporary things that we hold so dearly and so tightly in our lives, the comforts, the pleasure, versus the eternal. For if you would come after me, take up your cross and follow me, learning to sacrificially give to those around you, to love the unlovable. Now that sounds tough, and it is. But all oh, the value for eternity is worth so much, and even for the satisfaction of a full life. So we go through that, and then we hear that line, many are called, but few are chosen. Some have said, hell is God's last gift to the unrepentant people. The only place worse for them would be, would be to be in God's presence, the holiness of God, and to be unclean, to be in direct opposition of that love and care and compassion when we are full of contempt and hate and bitterness. God wants us to come to the banquet. It's we who reject. Without grace, all of us would be in trouble. But with grace, which we receive, that's our invitation to come. I struggled when I was a young man trying to understand this God, because I thought he was a God who judged and was waiting for me to make a mistake, and he would clap his hands or point his finger, and I'd get zapped. 
at the college, and I've shared this with the congregation before, but it always helped me, the picture of the courtroom, where God is, if you will, the Father is sitting as the judge, and it's the last day, and we're all being held accountable for how we lived our lives. Well, it just so happens I'm one of those first ones up that wanted to call, and the reason, I think, is because good old Satan over there, who is called the one who accuses, is the prosecuting attorney. He's the one who will say why I should not be granted an invitation to life everlasting in God's presence. He's the one who would say that I do not deserve. And what really kind of bothered me was he had behind him a stack of books, and they, those books had the sins of Lauren Stephen Tague from the very time I was a little doofer, starting in 1945 when the whole world revolved around this little baby who came into existence. And it didn't change a whole lot sometimes. And it took every year, and those books were huge, and they were the sins. And so Satan looks at the Father and says, you cannot accept Lauren Stephen Tay because this, this, and he starts going through. And he was right. But then my defense attorney, you know who that is, Jesus stands up and says, cool it, Satan, be quiet. But, but quiet. And Satan sits down, and Jesus turns to the Father and says, Lauren, Stephen, Tag has put all these sins on me, and I have taken care of every last one of them. And immediately those books disappear. And he says, I want to present to you, Father, him as being whole, pure, and blameless. And the father, with a smile as wide as the heavens, looks at me and says, welcome, my child. You see, he does that for all of us. The father and Jesus want us in the banquet, wants us to celebrate life, to enjoy it. For us, the invite is to receive that grace. Not to count on our ability to hold our own against God or against Satan or anything else. It's just God's grace for us. The consequences are real if we do not receive and we reject those gifts. That's what this parable says to us too. But God wants a celebration. Think of the prodigal again, the lost son, and when he comes home, the first thing, what does the father do? runs out and grabs his son and hugs him, gives him a ring on his finger, turns to the servants and says, get the fatted calf, we're going to have a party tonight, and we're going to have a celebration. Kill the fatted calf, get everybody, and let's party. Good story, until you get to the end, where the older brother comes back and he's angry and bitter, that there's a celebration for a brother who wasted so much of his life and his father loved him. But you didn't do that for me, was his complaint. It was always there for him. 
He just didn't want to join. How will we respond? I hope we respond as the lost son who comes back and is totally overwhelmed by God's, his father's generosity, grace, and love, and the party that was thrown for him and for you. May we all accept the invitation or receive the invitation to celebrate life. In Jesus' name, amen. We continue our worship service as we share together our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffering under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. 
he descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now continue with the prayers of the church. of Jesus Christ's unending love, we pray for the church, the world, and all who are in need. Welcoming God, you have invited all people into your just and righteous reign. Help us to accept that invitation each day and live in joyful anticipation of the feast that has no end. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. We are in awe of the work of your hands, O Creator. Teach us to understand the interconnectedness of all nature, that people, animals, plants, and the earth itself might flourish together. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. As we walk together on this journey of Lent, give us the humility to see where we have ignored your call. Free us from contempt that we would seek always to do your will. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. Bring up all who have been brought low by sickness, grief, imprisonment, addiction, isolation, neglect, or illness, especially Marilyn Johnson, Ron Wilson, Rhonda Zontelli, Chuck Olson, Kelsey Zamuda, Joyce Anderson, Jim Wade, Randy Goglin, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Helen Erickson, Shirley Lenz, Julie Dubois, Wayne Jones, Rachel Seacrest, Jerry Johnson, Scott Morgan, Arlene Johnson, Matt Crerup, Ida Martinson, Jean Hoisington, Lee and Maury Nicholson, Becky Anderson, Helen Jorgensen. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. Open our hearts to extend your hospitality to all the people of the earth. Let us tear down the artificial barriers we construct between peoples and cultures. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. We thank you for all the saints whose faithfulness have, has drawn us to your holy table. Hold and keep them until we enjoy the wedding banquet with them in your presence. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. We lift these prayers to you, gracious God, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Lord, listen to your children pray. 
We'll continue with our morning offering. As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church. Even when we are physically distant, we invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and to serve our neighbors. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, bless these tithes and offerings we have given for the sake of the kingdom. Let the grace and generosity of the Father be the light that guides us, the compassion of the Son be the love that inspires us, and the presence of the Spirit be the power that moves us. Amen. When the church celebrates Holy Communion, we gather with all saints from every time and place to hear again the story of God's power and the love shown to us through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. So we invite you to get the wine and the bread and hear the words of institution. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body broken for you. Do this as oft as you eat it in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the wine, gave thanks and gave it to all to drink saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Now let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Take the bread or wafer, and as you eat it, hear the promise from Jesus, the body of Christ broken for you. Take the wine or grape juice, and as you drink it, hear this promise from Jesus, the blood of Christ shed for you. Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. Amen. Called to walk together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace and in love. Let us be clothed with love and compassion. The things that you are concerned about, God, Thanks be to God. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you a favor and grant you peace. Amen. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I I surrender all 
Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. I was so lost, I should have died, but you have brought me to your side to be led by your staff and rod and to be called a Lamb of God. O Lamb of God, sweet Lamb of God, I love the Holy Lamb of God. Oh, wash me If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. Beneath his wings of love abide, God will take.